0: stay frosty Park Runners. I have to apologise straight away for the lateness of this episode, but I've had a bit of a busy weekend. I was up in Oxford attending an origami convention. Very good fun, but unfortunately that didn't leave me a lot of time to record the podcast. I did manage to squeeze in an Oxford parkrun, I have to say. So, on with the show. This week I'm going to be talking in more detail about the volunteering roles available in park Run how you can get involved and the different jobs that you can do if that's your cup of tea. So I'm going to talk about my Oxford park run, which is really good fun. I'm also going to be talking about my family and the different park runs that they've been doing recently. And I'm going to round up with a, a small confession of my own, and you'll have to wait till the end to see what that's about. So the main topic of this podcast, volunteering. There are lots of different roles that you can do, when you're volunteering for park run, and volunteers are always most welcome and very appreciated, because without the volunteers, of course, none of the events would be free. The number of volunteers needed for any one park run will vary, depending on how many people are running that one regularly, how big an event it is. So my home park run of South Norwood, um, they ask for a relatively small uh, pot of volunteers. They There are 17 positions to be filled each week, And not all of them are always filled or quite often uh, one person will do more than one role if that's possible. For example, setting up before the park run, doing a a volunteer role during the park run and then maybe even helping to pack up at the end of the park run. South Norwood has a a five-week roster displayed online so you can volunteer up to five weeks in advance. If you look at a larger park run, for example Bushy Park Run, one of the largest in the UK, if not the largest, I'd have to check that, they actually have 45 positions available each week and they show up to six weeks in advance online so you can volunteer to do any of those roles and you could probably volunteer further ahead than that I would have thought because it's such a large park run. A lot of those roles are sort of uh, doubled up so they have more marshals than South Norwood and they have more timekeepers than South Norwood. So we're going to look at uh, South Norwood in more detail because obviously they have uh, all the key roles. So their 17 roles consist of uh, one run director, one volunteer coordinator, two timekeepers, one tailwalker, one results processor, three marshals, three event setup volunteers, one finished token volunteer, number checker, two barcode scanners and a run report writer. The volunteers are usually easy to spot because they'll be wearing their fluorescent yellow bibs with a couple of exceptions, these being the uh, tail walker and the run director. So that's all the roles that we have in general but what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick out five of these. All of them are obviously as important as each other but i am just picked out five that I know a little bit more about so that I can give you a sort of taste of what it's all about. So first up, we're going to have a look at the run director role. So this this person, male or female, will be wearing a blue bib. That's usually how you can spot them. They'll also normally be the ones that give the talk at the very start. So they'll give the talk for the new runners and for the uh, any course information and any announcements that are going to be made before the run itself. That usually includes a welcome for newcomers and uh, announcing anyone who may be doing their 50th or any sort of landmark run. They also oversee the whole event and they make sure that uh, everything runs smoothly. And they're also a very good point of contact if there's any sort of issues or anything like that. Any comments, any feedback you might have about the run. They're the person to see. Next role I'm going to look at is the uh, timekeeper role. So there's normally a minimum of two of these like there are at South Norwood. I actually uh, did this role for the first time the other week. And it, it it does feel like a fair amount of responsibility because obviously you're recording the times for each individual person coming across the line so that you click the stopwatch when they usually run director shouts go. And then for every person crossing the line at the end, you click the stopwatch again on the finish button instead of the start button. Very important. And uh, you make sure that you click it once for each person. Usually the watch, um, I'm sure they probably vary, but the ones that we have at South Norwood, they actually beep with each uh, press of the button so that you know that you've recorded a time for that person. There are two, like I say, minimum usually, because... um, It's very easy to make a mistake or to click one too many times or to click one too few times. And this isn't a total disaster because they can still work out the times and it has been known for them to put it in manually if there's a real sort of hiccup of some description. But generally one person's going to get it right. So if one person has a bit of a hiccup then the other person's there as a sort of backup. So that's the timekeeper roles like I say very easy to do but you do feel a little bit of pressure with that one because you want to make sure that everyone has a good and accurate time. The next role I'm going to look at is the tail walker. Now the tail walker is a role I haven't actually done yet but it's one that I quite, quite fancy myself doing because if I'm if I'm not wanting to run one week either if I'm injured or if I'm planning to do another running event soon afterwards then uh, the tail walker is quite a good one because you basically do a very very slow circuit of the entire course the whole 5k but you have to make sure that you remain at the back of the field so if you're normally you know about an hour finisher that's not an issue you're just going to do your normal time but if you're like me at half an hour or a little bit under half an hour finisher then this is quite a good one because you can go right at the back you can take it fairly easy and then uh, you also get a run credit and a uh, volunteer credit so you actually can double up with that one. The tail walker always wears a very fetching orange bib. And it was actually uh, renamed the tail walker not that long ago to make it less intimidating to people who might be walking large portions of the course who have never done a full 5k before like that. And I thought that was quite a nice touch as well, Parkrun trying to be more inclusive. So the finish tokens. This is another one that, um, uh, this is the other role that I've done quite a lot. I think I've done this four or five times now. So this is uh, the person who hands out the tokens that tell the finisher at what, where they have finished. So it's a little plastic barcode, rectangular plastic barcode with a number at the bottom of it, for example 63, that tells you that that is your finishing position. You then take this barcode with your own personal barcode to the barcode scanners at the end of the finishing funnel or wherever they've asked you to go and meet them. They will scan your personal barcode first and then they will scan your finishing token and then they'll take the finishing token from you and put it back into the box or whatever bucket they have handy so that they can be reorganised and reused for the following week. I should emphasise here, as they do at all park runs now, these are not souvenirs. You should not be trying to keep these. They are quite quite a pain to replace and to make new ones or to order new ones for. But some people do have a tendency to walk off with them, which is not great. Certainly not great at trying to keep the event open, free, and friendly for all. So the next one I have is a is a slightly unusual role, actually, a volunteer role. This is the number checker. So the number checker is quite a good one because it's uh it's one of those ones that people hear and they don't it's not entirely obvious what they do when you just hear the title of it. But actually the number checker is the person who uh walks up and down the finishing funnel or near the finishing funnel to make sure that the person giving out the tokens and the person on the timer are in timekeeper, sorry, are synced up. So, for example, if I've given out a finishing token and I've given out the 43rd one and the timekeepers should both have on their stopwatches a finisher number 43 that they've just clicked through the finishing gate. So... This might be one that sounds a bit unusual, but actually this is just the person, like I say, that makes sure everyone's in sync, makes sure there are no issues. They're also the person that you'll be referred to. If for some reason your barcode doesn't scan, if you've got a paper one and it's looking a bit tatty and getting a bit soggy nowadays and it can't be scanned at the end, then you'll be quite often referred to the number checker who can make a note of your the number on your barcode and then manually input your time later, because they'll know the position that you finished in, they'll know the number of your barcode, so they can manually link the two up, so that you don't have to worry about losing your time. So I've I've mentioned them often enough already, but the barcode scanners. So I haven't done this one yet, but this is another one I'm quite keen to try. This is the person, again usually two people, who stand at the end of the finishing funnel. I say two people, more than two people if it's a larger event. Stand at the end of the finishing funnel and scan the barcodes, making sure they do the personal one first and then the uh, finishing token from the finisher. Um, This is a good point also for me to chip in a little reminder, uh, no phone barcode. So if you don't have your barcode printed out on a piece of paper or on uh, one of those bracelets that you can order off Parkrun or something, then it won't be scanned, it won't be scannable. You can't just take an electronic version of your barcode, you have to have a physical barcode of some description in order for the barcode scanners to do their job. Right, so that's taken uh, five of the volunteering roles and given you a little more detail. I will pick up on some more of those later on, but those are the ones that sort of stick out to me or ones that I certainly personally would like to try if I haven't already. So, looking at what my family has been up to recently. So I have, um, I'm very lucky to say, I still have both my parents, my mum my dad. I have a sister. I have a lovely husband. And um, recently, all of us attended one of my cousin's weddings. So this was about mid to late August. And um, whilst we were at the wedding, it was up near Evesham, uh, we decided it would be a good time for my parents, who voluntarily suggested this, did the uh, Evesham Park Run. So this was their first ever park run. They'd done a little sort of casual running in their own time to try and get up to speed. But this was their first ever park run. So myself, my husband, my sister and uh, my parents, we all did the Evesham Park Run the morning of my cousin's wedding. Before the wedding, I'm very happy to say that nobody was injured and we all got to the wedding on time. In addition to that, it was also on this same day, my sister's birthday. So it was sort of a a reason for, well, triple celebration, a park run running, a birthday and a wedding all on the same day. So that was quite a cool day. A week after that, my parents were still in uh, London. So we all did uh, South Norwood park run, which is um, Jay, my husband and my home park run. We all ran that together with my sister again and with my cousin who also decided to join us. Not the one that got married, but actually her sister. So that was really good fun as well because there were six of us all running the same park run together. That was my only my parents' second park run. It was my cousin's first park run. I'm not sure what my sister's park run it was, but uh, she's, had, she's racking them up now. She's got quite a few under her belt, so she was uh, happy to do that one again. It's really nice to run with uh, friends and family. It's it sounds a bit obvious, but it it's not like a case of you all have to clump together and run at the same time. So you're all go running at the same pace as the slowest one. You sort of meet up at the beginning. You give each other words of encouragement. You run your own run, and then at the end, you all you all meet up and celebrate. Maybe have a bit of a sweaty selfie if that's that's what you fancy doing. I usually I'm usually the one taking the photo for that. Much to everyone's uh, chagrin, I'm sure. But it is very good fun when there's more of you. So this week, just gone, um, I actually ran Oxford Park Run. Um, it, w- it was a bit of an eventful one. I actually managed to lose the barcode that I was planning to use to scan at the end of the run. But luckily, I, as a pure coincidence, just as I was walking out the door, I grabbed a spare barcode just on the off chance because I didn't take anything else with me. I just literally had a barcode and I think a £5 note to get some water on the way home. And that was it. I was travelling light, so I was very lucky. I lost one barcode, but I had a backup, so I was able to use that to scan when I'd finished the run. When I got to Oxford Park Run, it was quite nice. It sort of started in a a field area. Uh, The volunteers were already mounting up there. They had quite a few volunteers. There was a nice couple who turned up quite early, like I did. I I wasn't sure how long it would take me to get there. And uh, apparently they had uh, they were new to sort of Oxford Park Run, but they'd done it three years previous, and apparently the course was quite different then. So it was quite interesting chatting with them and seeing what they'd got up to. There were exactly four hundred and five runners, including the tail walker, running on that Saturday. And it was I I found the course quite enjoyable. Actually, it was a nice undulating course. You sort of uh, it was a gentle slope down to the bottom and then a gentle slope back up towards the finishing funnel. And then you do another lap before you come into the finishing funnel and actually finish your race. But I found that one quite nice. There's a a little bit of a few gravel paths, but mainly it was sort of grass or uh, hard tarmac surfaces. I came uh, 241st out of 405 runners and I was quite happy with that, I'll be honest. Um, I was the 55th female out of 151 and I ran in 27 minutes and 51 seconds. Now for me, any time at all that's inside the 27-something is an achievement. I was very happy with that indeed. Uh Strava says I only did 4.8 kilometers but then my GPS can be a little bit dodgy so I'm going to take that with a pinch of salt and say that I just ran really really quickly. So in addition to this week just gone I was running Oxford like I say I met a few nice people up there. Uh Jay, uh, my husband and my sister-in-law they both ran Barking which is her home park run the one just around the corner from where she lives. Uh, that's a very nice uh, flat tarmac one as well, so that's quite a quite a quick run, that one. But uh, my sister managed to get a new PB. I have to say congratulations to her. Well done, Nikki. 24 minutes and 9 seconds, which is quicker than I can even ever imagine running at this point in time. Uh, Jay, my husband, he ran uh, 30 minutes and 2 seconds and he was noted down as a first-timer because he'd not done barking before, so that was a good time for him. He's looking to break 30 minutes now, so 30 minutes and 2 seconds is, uh, I'm going to say devastatingly close, but I think he was very happy with that, so maybe uh, pleasingly close would be a better way to put that one. As well as uh, the Barking Park run, my cousin also did her first home park run, so her home park run is East Grinstead. She had a nice one of 32 minutes and 7 seconds, again noted down as a first-timer. I'm not sure about the course at East Grinstead. Um, my hunch says that it's probably quite a hilly one, but having not run it myself yet, I was certainly on my list, um, I can't say for sure. I will certainly have a read of the course page to find out later on. And then on top of that, so our little family unit of park runners there, my parents actually ran their first home park run as well, so their nearest one is not very close to them at all. I believe they had to drive for nearly two hours to get there. But they did it. They decided to go and run a Toulouse park run, which is called a park run de la Ramee. Ramee, possibly. Excuse my French pronunciation. So my dad ran a stonking time of 28 minutes and 56 seconds. That was the first time, I think, that he's gone under 30 minutes. I'd have to double check that. I get noted as first timer. And my mum improved her time by about a minute and a half as well, running 34 minutes and 30 seconds and we're going to be running the Toulouse Park Run. It'll be the first one that we've done abroad, so we're really looking forward to it. But I feel like my parents are getting a little bit of practice in there to try and uh, suss out the course, see the lay of the land, as it were, and make sure that they've got it all covered before we get there. We're looking forward to visiting that. Let's see, that's not this weekend, but the weekend after we'll be in Toulouse, so that'll be quite a good fun one to try there. Last but not least, my confession. So... I have mentioned before, or I have, I did mention in the previous uh, podcast, that I've never run a marathon before. You know, I'm not, I'm not the kind to sign up for all these sort of big runs, ultra marathons or anything. I love the idea of it. I'd love to be able to do that, but I know it requires a lot of dedication, a lot of time, and a lot of training. And I feel like most of the time, maybe I'm, I'm not able to put that, that amount of time into it. But I did after probably around May, June time. I, I got an email from Parkrun. You get quite a lot of emails from Parkrun and I like to read the um, inspirational stories. But this one uh, said that you could get a discount on a 10K coming up in September. And of course I thought, well, September, that's ages away. That's That sounds like fun and it's not, it's not that far away from where I live. So yeah, yeah, I'll sign up for the uh, Clapham Common 10K. So I signed up for it. And I kind of put it to the back of my mind for a few months, thinking, oh, it's it's ages away, I've got plenty of time, I've got plenty of time. Then, of course, I tweaked my knee, and it's been a little bit dodgy ever since. And my registration kit turned up the other day and reminded me very nicely that I've got this 10k coming up. And I've I've sort of just been pushing it to the back of my mind, but it's actually this weekend, so... My knee isn't a hundred percent. I've got a ten K run this weekend. I haven't actually run ten K since I restarted park running in February yet. I've done I've done some sort of I've done eight kilometres, I've done six, seven kilometres, but I haven't done ten kilometers. I feel I probably physically could do this distance, but I certainly couldn't do it at any sort of good speed, so I think what I'm planning for Sunday is maybe to just complete the whole thing at a a gentle jog, shall we say, and certainly not a top speed like I would be trying to do my 5Ks at. But uh, anyway, I'll let you know how it goes with all of that. And like I say, any comments, any anything you want to say, please email in. Any, any shout outs you want me to give for anyone out there who's doing a special park run or who's had an interesting park run and would like me to retell your story, please email in at stayfrostyparkrun at gmail.com. Well, I shall bid you a fond farewell here. Stay frosty, Park runners, and I'll see you next week.